welcome back to another episode of FPL Idiots, the podcast run by idiots for idiots who love the game of fantasy Premier League. As always, I'm joined by Edwin and Chris, uh, and Greg has decided to make room in his schedule for us. How, how are we all doing? Yeah, all good, thanks. Uh, glad to be joining this week to stick up for myself against you three. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So yeah, on to episode two of the podcast. Uh, as always, we'll be looking at potential differentials for the upcoming game week. Before we look at how we did last week and game week 12, one question that we've had from our Twitter account is uh, asking us how our teams have been doing this season. And I guess people are questioning our, our credibility and our choices. So anyone but Greg, um, can you just let us know how, how your season's been going? Yeah, I'll, I'll kick things off, uh, Edwin here. So um, I'm actually glad we're introducing our teams this week. Uh, I jumped up a fair bit, actually, thanks to Zaha's 18-point haul and captain in KDB. I'm now knocking on the door of the top 100,000, so 127,000 at the moment with a grand total of 698. I started this off uh, slowly this season. I had some misplaced faith in Wolves and Arsenal. I took a quite an early wild card in week five, uh, but sh- slowly but surely it's paid off. I was very late on the Calvert-Lewin hype, uh, brought him in in game week eight, and I was relying instead on Ings and Jimenez, but he's done the business. So since then, um, things are going much better. He's, bit, he's causing me a bit of a headache this week, actually. I've got two Chelsea defenders, so I'm considering benching him or maybe even transferring him out. Um, but generally, I'm happy with the season. Uh, the last two weeks have been very kind. And as is always the case, the closer to the top you get, the more effort you want to put in and you start overthinking. And talking of overthinkers, Chris, why don't you give us a quick rundown of uh, of your start to the season? Oh, dear. Um, so I'm the Tinkerman 11, uh, but this season I'm called the Tinkerbells as a, as a nod to my 15-month-year-old daughter. She wouldn't be proud of how I'm doing uh, this uh, this pod is fitting because I've been an absolute idiot. Um, I'm on 673 points, ranking of 362,000. But the tinker by name and by nature. So I've been looking into this and I've been weighing up all the transfers that I've done so far and whether I've come out with a plus or minus after my transfers. You boys, all three of you are all in the plus. I am minus 70 points from transfers. <laughs> oh, Minus 70 from transfers. So subbing out Son for Fernandez before the Southampton game in game week two, where he banged in four. Uh, I also subbed yeah. in Son for Fernandez in game week eight before Fernandez then scored a couple against Everton. So those two transfers alone, swapping from Fernandez to Son, then back from Son to, Fern- uh, Son to Fernandez has cost me minus 40 points alone, those oh, two transfers and those games. Wow. Tragic. So if if, though, if if I was on a zero for transfers plus minus, I think I'd be just above Greg or in and around Greg's score. So it's it's mad how bad the transfers have gone for me. But let, unfortunately for that, that's terrible. But uh, there are some shoots of recovery. So this game week, uh, eighty. I was on 81 points, now 90 points after last night. Um, and yeah, looking like I'm climbing up those tables finally. But yeah, awful, awful start. Greg, how are you getting on, mate? Go on. Okay. Yeah, I'll move on to my team. Um, just a note on your team, Chris. Like a like a true friend, uh, I'm over the moon with those horrendous returns. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so take a look at my team. Where do I start? So um, I was actually 
3,000th overall rank at the end of game week four, which was, uh, I was getting nervous. Uh, it's horrible being in that position because you aren't going to get much better. So the only way is down. Uh, and that, that proved correct. I've actually dropped 10,000 places since then. So my overall rank at the moment is 13,601, which, which is still very, very good. Um, I'm on 738 points uh, after this week's 74 game week points. Um, yeah, so I guess if you told me I'd, I'd be sort of just over 13,000 overall rank uh, ahead of game week 12, I'd have gladly taken it at the start of the season. Um, I guess most of my wins have been completely the opposite to Chris. Uh, it's, not over th- it's not overthinking things. It's, you know, having first game week, having Salah as captain against Leeds where he got a hat-trick. Um, I had Kane and Son when they were away at Southampton, four assists uh, for Kane and four, four goals for Son, I believe. Um, and I guess I'd like to think I was one of the smart ones. Some might call it lucky, but I've actually had Dominic Calvert-Lewin from game week one. Uh, and he's uh, he's been spearheading my uh, my team pretty much since, since the first game week. Um, I've had a few tough weeks or unlucky weeks over the past sort of two, three, four game weeks. This week, I did have Grealish, Martinez and uh, Barkley in my team for, for Villa. Um, and obviously, all three of those weren't playing. So that was... That was a bit of a struggle, especially as my, my bench isn't great. Um, but yeah, coming through it with a respectable 74 points, I will take that and, and in first position in all six of my mini leagues. So yeah, I'll take that. Um, Sounds pretty drama-free, mate, but uh, also very boring. You need to you need to do yeah. some drama. You need some minus 70 points in your life, Greg. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to take a minus 20 this week, just to make it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to see Cordova reading your team, mate. We'll come on to that later. We'll come on to that later. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's onto my team. So, um, yeah, my team name, Neville, was Prada. Uh, very average team name and very average performance uh, kind of throughout uh, kind of the last uh, 11 weeks. Um, so, pretty much I've been hitting the, the average points, I reckon, uh, pretty much consistently every week. Played my wild card and managed to overachieve a bit. Um, and basically, it's all, <laughs> as everyone in this podcast will be able to tell you, um, basically, it's all gone Pete Tong, and I was at 200, uh, 200,000 rank, uh, I think, last week. Um, and now I've slipped down to 428,000 uh, after having a complete stinker uh, last week, not having Kevin De Bruyne, um, yeah, not having any of the big hitters, really. I, I don't even know who's in my team. I don't understand how I've got so few points. Um, but yeah, so uh, absolute stinker at the moment. So I'm going to have to start looking at some of these differentials that we're picking each week. I'm going to have to start implementing them into my own team to start catching up on you boys and, uh, yeah, making sure I get some bragging Just listen to my picks, Johnny. Don't worry about your own. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I go well back in there somewhere. Just a note on on this week's uh, game week, actually. It's always nice when Johnny doesn't do as well as us, uh, me, uh, Chris and Edwin, because when Johnny does do well, he's the first one in our WhatsApp group letting us know that he's doing amazing. Like when he had Mares last week, uh, who got, what, 21 points? So it's actually nice for him just to be a bit quiet over the weekends, actually. Yeah, yeah, I was in a, I was in a little hole of uh, yeah self despair. Right, let's crack on and review the differential picks from last week. Just a quick reminder of the rules and what a differential actually is. My mother-in-law didn't have an absolute Scooby-Doo what we were talking about last week. 
so each week, each of us has to select a player that has under 5% ownership within FPL. A player that most FPL managers won't be thinking of having in their squads uh, because they're too busy knee-jerking in the likes of Jota and Mares um, and those kind of guys. We're looking at players that have the potential to skyrocket you up your mini league. So with that in mind, let's have a look at last week's performance and um, check out that credibility that we were talking about earlier. So, Greg, uh, maybe you want to take us through your pick and how it performed. Uh, sure. Um, I can hear giggles in the background already. Uh, <laughs> rightly so. Uh, so I accidentally went for Bobby Reed, uh, who I didn't realise was was actually playing away at away at Manchester City. So he was never going to return. He was never going to return. He got two points. Um I mean, which is, it's, it's not going to shoot you up any any kind of uh, mini-league that you're in. Um, I guess, so my thought process, I've actually watched a lot of Bobby Reed previously. So my old housemate was a Bristol City fan. Uh, and obviously Bobby Reed spent quite a bit of time there. Um, he got 25 goals and 11 assists in just over 100 games uh, for them. So looking at sort of almost 40 attacking returns in just over 100 games, which is pretty good uh you're looking at probably what one a return in every three games so having previously started the last four game weeks um and he had a goal in assist in his previous two games he's definitely going to be there or thereabouts when it comes to comes to attacking i think kind of playing away at man city uh was was obviously a huge downfall um so yeah just the two points this week um unfortunately i think there's there's not too much to be said about Bobby Reed, unfortunately. Uh, you can you can have all of the stats about what he got on uh, doing at Bristol City, but he's a 5.3 million forward playing for Fulham away to Man City. And when you saw the lineups, he was starting at right wing back. Was, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the chances of an attacking return from Bobby Dukanova Reed was <laughs> s- slim to none. Uh, it was uh, the worst pick I've ever heard. Oh, well, you say that. You've got two points. We'll hear about the other two. Uh, <laughs> no, differentials in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was never going to envision that he was going to play right wing back. But yeah, uh, a, a solid, I'll say solid, a, abysmal two points. Um, I think kind of less said the better, like I said, and, and move on on to game week twelve, I believe for me. So he's not he's not sticking around in your team then. Uh, Do you know? He, I think he will throughout the season. He'll bag one or two, and and I will mention it on this podcast when he does. Um, again, just a fixture wasn't for him. How did you? I'm sure. I'm sure Liverpool would, would perform a lot better. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'd yeah, sure, sure be class against them. To be fair, I want, I want to hear more about Edwin's differential because obviously mine was terrible with two points. Yeah, I mean, look, mine mine didn't get any more points. My man Tammy, I was I was absolutely gutted when the Chelsea lineup came out and old man Giroud was uh, was was starting again. That said, you know Giroud was exceptional. I think genuinely he he's one of the league's best one touch finishers. Maybe Calvert Lewin is just behind him. So I fully accept that this week I lived up to the idiot label of our podcast in choosing one point Tammy. Um, I do want to shout out. Timo Werner for not making my pick even worse when he cleared Giroud's goal-bound effort off the line. I thought that was, <laughs> that was absolutely terrible, wasn't it? so bad. It's a nice touch, a nice touch. Incredible, really. To um, and then you know, back to Tammy. He's barely worth mentioning. He played 11 minutes and he got dispossessed. <laughs> That's the only thing he did. So let's just move on. So Giroud, Giroud gets a hat trick. Uh, sorry, four goals midweek in the Champions League, um, and you think that. Tammy Abraham's going to start ahead of him three, four days later. Yeah, because he's old. 
No, strikers, Edwin, strikers, you play them with the wrong form. Like Cordova Reed? Yeah, he's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's why he played a left wing back. <laughs> he was right wing back. And he had a goal in assist in his previous two games. So, he, yeah, he was on form. That's yeah. yeah, I mean. Yeah. Well, I, I've got a bone to pick with you, Edwin, really, because of that pick. So, uh, based on that uh, inspiring knowledge uh, that you provided last week, I did, I did advise uh, my wife, actually, to put in Tammy Abraham uh, last week. So, I've been sleeping on the couch. Since. <laughs> you, she was above me uh, in the league, and now she yeah. uh, she's she's within touching distance. So uh, I feel like yeah. it went perfectly, if I'm honest. I mean, and, uh, and Go on, unfortunately, she had the she had the pleasure of uh, listening to last week's podcast, where I was saying that he was never going to play. Giroud was always starting, and and, and yeah, she uh, yeah she wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> that, 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 decision. that that is definitely her. <laughs> well, that's her own fault for listening to someone who is four hundred thousandth overall. <laughs> yeah, this week I was two hundred thousand. There was a bit of credibility there, uh, but yeah, absolutely no credibility in my choice uh, for last week, which was Cavani, uh, fresh of scoring two two headed goals. Um, had a had an indifferent kind of midweek game um, against PSG. Uh, hit the bar with a lovely, delicate little chip, which could have changed the game completely. Um, but of course, you all know what happened on the weekend. Uh, United came out against an informed West Ham side, uh, played absolutely abysmally uh, in in the first forty five minutes. I'm not sure Cavani actually touched the ball, let alone I didn't know he was on the pitch. Um, and yeah, didn't touch the ball and, and came off at half time deservedly to get Bruno Fernandez and Rashford on the pitch, who who quite frankly just owned you know owned the show and, and showed Oli why you know why Rashford and, and Bruno should be starting every game for us. Um, so yeah, one point um, with the forty five minutes played, um, and yeah, like probably like zero bonus points as well. So there's nowhere near the uh, kind of the bonus points. So yeah, pretty terrible pick. Uh, any any banter you guys want to throw at me for for picking that? I'm, I can take it's it. Just, it's just not not a good pick in a sense that he's not going to be consistent. He'll have one game every six, seven, eight game weeks where he'll bag sort of two or three goals, um, and then he'll be quiet for for the next six, seven, eight. Um, I think you were lucky. Will you, you went off the hype with Cavani from the previous game week, but were United not sort of two nil down and then they were they were literally just on the attack against Southampton just for the rest of the game. So that played into Cavani's hands. Um yeah. And West Ham are a good team at the moment, so uh, he was never nailed on to score. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, I just felt like West Ham were due like a self combustion, but obviously not not to be, and, and yeah, he's nowhere near mine. My, my I mean, team. you're talking, uh, you've, you've been mentioning before, though, when strikers are on form. Cavani was on form because he'd scored those two goals against Southampton, wanting to start at West Ham. It wasn't a terrible pick. It's just a, a terrible performance from Man United in that first half. And then Ollie just goes back to his favourites that, you know, Rashford, I think he's got a broken shoulder pretty much and he's still playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Solskjaer brings him in. Bruno, he had a foot injury. Solskjaer said he didn't want to play him if he didn't have to. 45 minutes, 1-0 down. Yeah, Bruno, you're coming back on, mate. You need to, you need to save us because we're a one-man team at the moment. So it's just Cavani hasn't got the trust of Oli yet, I don't think. So if the chips are down, he's going to be a guy that comes off. So I just wouldn't recommend him to anyone at the moment. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, I mean, on to, I mean, thankfully, someone managed to pick someone last week that that actually did something or, or returned something. So, Chris, let talk us through 
that guy welbs and, and his that guy welbs i'm doing the action again no one can see me on a podcast but the action's back out again for to celebrate <laughs> i mean do you want a striker who is 5.5 million he's returned in his last three games and i've just seen that he has the most penalty box touches of any player over the last four game weeks that guy welbs is a differential pick get him in He's only he was 0.4% selected uh, when I picked him. He's now gone up to 0.8%. So a couple of hundred people are listening to this podcast and listening to me. <laughs> but get him in now. He's got Sheffield United upcoming. He's got Fulham upcoming. You've got to get that guy Welbs in your team. Replace Watkins. Replace any cheap striker that you've got. Get Welbeck in now. He got an assist. I mean, another Stonewall penalty after the Robertson one a couple of weeks ago. He's now fooled James Ward-Prowse into another one. Here we go. Just pick him. He's great. Is he in Can't your team, Chris? He is in my team. I'm the only person to uh, out of the four of us to have the person that they picked on the first podcast in their team, and he's returned. You've got to have faith in your picks, boys. Danny Welbeck is the man. Fair play, mate. I've, I've got nothing to say other than well done. It was a bit of a ropey pen, if we're honest. He didn't really do a lot, but points is points. I think points are um, points. I'd happily, happily jump in here. Um, he was that would have been a nailed on two pointer. He would not have got the assist if James Wood Prowse was paying any attention to where the football was. It was the luckiest penalty ever. And outside of that, I think he had one good chance in about ten minutes into the game. And then other than that, he did not look like scoring. Uh, did, did, yeah. did, did, listen, did, did listen to my stat. He's got the most penalty box touches over the last four game weeks. Danny Welbeck. He, he's going to he's gonna score goals. He's got <laughs> Pascal Gross, Trossard. He's got March. He's got Lamptey. They're all, they're all feeding him. He will bag. Get did, him in. Did, <laughs> you can have as many touches in the box as you want. If you're not looking like scoring, then they're, they're worthless touches. Look, look at Lamptey. He touches the ball inside the box all the time and doesn't return anything. There you go. But yeah, kudos, kudos to you right. for uh, for an, an attacking yep. attempt with your differential. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I guess um, kind of a feature we want to introduce every week is 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 the idiot of the week. So Chris, as winner, uh, you can do you you can nominate one of us to be the idiot of the week. Oh, it's tricky. No, it's not. It's Greg Bobby Deckard Reed <laughs> all day long has to be the idiot of the week. He, he he's he's talking about Bristol City stats. Of, to try and cover up for the fact that it's the worst pick I've ever heard in my life. And then we've, we've started our Twitter account. We're trying to get followers and we're talking about how one of us has selected Bobby Deckard over Reed. Gregory Constable, you <laughs> are the idiot of the week for sure. So I'll take that. I'll take that. It's, it's a great choice. So on to this week with some tasty fixtures ahead with the Manchester derby, a Midland scrap between Villa and Wolves and a huge six-pointer in the relegation battle uh, battle for Arsenal and Burnley. So Chris, on to you and, and, and your first pick. So I've moved from that guy Welbs, even though he is going to be in my team this coming game week because of the good games that I've already mentioned. But I'm moving on from that pick and I'm going to a bit of Samba magic and I'm going for Rafinha of Leeds United. 5.4 million midfielder. He's played 90 minutes over the last three games. He's scored away to Everton. He's currently only selected by 0.4. Home to West Ham, who've just conceded three in their last game. They're going to be a bit sad. It's ready for a bit of Rafinha. 
So in those last three games he's played, and I mentioned he's been very busy. He's had 10 shots on goal, scoring once, as I said, away to Everton. He's had five key passes, so those that immediately lead to a shot on goal. He should have had an assist in the Everton game as well, but uh, out of form, Jack Harrison fluffed his lines. So he's busy. He's got a strong chance of getting goals or assists. He's got good games uh, past this West Ham game as well. He's going to be a great pick and he's really cheap. So I've got uh, Podence at Wolves in my team. I'm strongly considering moving him, moving from him over to Rafinha for the next few games. The only question mark I have about Rafinha is whether he plays in every single game over Christmas because Leeds have got Perveda, they've got Harrison, they've got Costa, they've got Rodrigo. But Bielsa really likes him and he likes him for his flexible positioning. He can play on the right-hand side, he can play on the left-hand side. He can also play behind a striker. So I think he gets a lot of game time. So he's got a bit of Samba magic. He's forward-thinking, he's cheap. Get him in. 5.4 million, get him in. I mean, okay. I, I, I'm going to pick this up because, yes, he's had 10 shots in his last three games, but only two of them have been on target. OK, yes, one of them went in, but just taking shots does not make you a good player. He got booked in his last game against Chelsea and he's up against the West Ham team that is absolutely in form. I'm sorry, this pick is terrible. He, oh, he got in shade already. He got a yellow in the last <laughs> game, but it's because he Berated because he's been try- he's been doing everything against Chelsea to try and create. Everyone knows he's a baller, and he was just frustrated at the end of the game when they were already two 0 down. It, it, was he frustrated got- that he had loads of shots and none of them were on target? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, I am. Um, he's value for money, but what I, he is, he's value for money. I think I'm I'm on the fence with this one, Chris. I do agree with some of your points. He's, he's yeah, he started the last eight weeks. Um, I just think did you, it was West Ham that he's playing against, did we say? Um, yeah, what West Ham have conceded, yeah. what, four, 14 goals this season? So that's, I think that's sort of the, the fourth or fifth least in the in the league. So, like Edwin said, you know, that they're on form as well. All right, they, they conceded three goals against Man United. One of them was out to play. One of them was a great fit. Well, the other two were great finishes by Rashford and Greenwood. So, um, yeah, I as much as Leeds are good and I think he is a good attacking player, I just think against a solid West Ham team, it's not the best fixture to have him in against. Get him in. How much was he again? And what percentage? 5.4 million and he's only owned by 0.4%. You, that was the same as well? It was. Though, it? it was. Oh. You'll have, to, you have to change your filters for next week. <laughs> and, um, yeah, get a bit, bit, bit well, you, you'd have to change your filters from the big teams, just searching for Man City, Liverpool, Man United. You've got to try and go, go a bit further afield, Johnny. <laughs> OK. Uh, any more comments on, on, on Rafina then? Are, are, we, are we happy with that choice, guys? Yeah. Again, as I said, just on the fence for that one, to be completely honest. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. Not sure. I wouldn't go for it personally. I think the only thing going for him is midfielder playing as a forward. That's about as much as you're going to get out of me, I'm afraid. All oh, right, OK. Undecided on the fence, Chris. So, I mean, as the champion currently, um, we, we should all be... I actually might get Rafinha in myself just to, just to you know, kind of ride this luck that you're, you're currently getting and hopefully get a jammy assist from a handball <laughs> uh, or something like that. Um, so, yeah, moving on to Edwin. Um, can, yeah, take us through your pick. Gladly. Uh, so, after two dismal picks, uh, I'm going to go for a guaranteed guaranteed starter for once. Uh, my pick this week is 6.3 million man, owned by a lowly 2.6%. It's that man, Jared Bowen. In his last three games, he's created seven chances, assisted one, and bagged a goal too. 
He's having his best ever season in a West Ham shirt and their whole team has surprised me with just how well they're doing. What I like about Bowen is that he's quite unpredictable. He shoots and crosses a lot, so you never know whether he's cutting inside or hitting the byline. And for that reason, I'm backing him to link up well with Haller, inflict some damage on a Leeds defence that I just don't have too much faith in. 11 matches, four goals. Bowen is the man this week. I will say he did look quality against United for 45 minutes. Um, so I will give you that. He, he, he seems like a great talent and, and West Ham are, are lucky to have him this season. Um, I, I noticed that some of the stats that you provided there were on the kind of the last few game weeks. Was there, was there a reason why you ignored sort of the, you know, the, the uh, kind of weeks, uh, kind of four weeks in between the middle of the season there when, when Bowen didn't seem to do much? Hey, look, every good player has ups and downs. You know, form is, pe- form is temporary, class is permanent. And I genuinely think he's a class act. Uh, I'll, I'll happily jump in here. Uh, I'm basically just going to read you his game week points from game week five through to the game week 11 that we've just had. Two, 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 three, three, 13, two. So when Edwin says every every player has their ups and downs, Jared Bone has one up and he has six downs. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what I was alluding to, but I wasn't quite as uh, brutal as, as saying, you know, Desmond too. So, uh, so do you know what? Like, I will, I'll give it to Edwin. He's a good pick. He he creates a lot of chances um, and, and he is a good player. I'll give you that. However, he's a good attacking midfielder with nobody to help him out. He's got, Antonio's, Antonio is still injured. Mm. If they've got Haller headed up their attack, you can create as much as you want for him. He's not going to finish it. So a bad striker will have a detrimental effect on Bowen's performance as well because he won't his deliveries. Miss. I uh, don't think I did actually, no. Oh, Haller's miss. He was, I think he had an open goal. And he fell over, didn't defense. he? Oh, yes, I did. I did. Sorry, over. I did see that. Yeah. Absolute sniper mm. in the stadium. Just uh, Yeah, just cr- his, his legs. So, cr- yeah. I mean, just, so, yeah. just to come back on Greg's point, point, he's picking out game weeks where West Ham have been away to Liverpool, home to City, away to Spurs, away to Leicester, home to Wolves and away to Arsenal. So, you know, that's arguably six of the eight biggest games you're going to face in the entire season. His run from here on in is outstanding. And, you know, I think past form is, is just irrelevant for, for a player like this. He's going to do damage against, you know, Weaker opposition, Leeds. yeah, and Leeds, Leeds. yeah. Com- compared to those teams we just mentioned, maybe Arsenal aside, um, yeah, he's 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 going to do some damage for sure. I just, I just, I, think, I, you, I, I just I, think you need someone who. Sorry, just to jump in, I think you just need someone who's a bit more consistent. You look at his game against Wolves in his game against Aston Villa. He got fifteen, and then he got thirteen. So that's twenty-eight points of his total of fifty-four points came from two games, and then the rest is just. Susan. The rest is, is top six opposition. Yeah, exactly. It's tough. I mean, I wouldn't call getting three points at home to Fulham is top six opposition. It's better than your last pick, though, isn't it, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to, I have Chris, to agree or... with, with Edwin in that I like the pick. I do like the Bowen pick. I do like their runner games. Um, obviously, I'm more in the camp of Leeds for that fixture because I've gone for Rafinha. But I do like Bowen. He's on set pieces now, I think, because it was Cresswell earlier in the season, but Bowen set one up for Ogbonna uh, in their last home game, I believe. Um, so 
The only problem that I do have with Bowen, though, is looking at him, he's been subbed off early in nine of the 11 games, game weeks so far this season. And when leads are going to be uh, giving up opportunities, is going to be in that final 10, 15 minutes when they get tired. And will Bowen be on the pitch at that time? I don't think so. Um, they've got Lanzini, they've got Ben Rama. Those kind of players will come on to make the difference in that in that last section of the game. I personally don't even think Bowen's going to be on the pitch when West Ham are really creating the most chances they will in that whole game. So that's the only downside of it. But if they get an early goal, it is likely to be Bowen involved. So my pick this week is uh, West Bromwich Albion midfielder, Connor Gallagher. Uh, so he's played the full 90 minutes for the past seven game weeks. Uh, he's got a golden assist in his last two game weeks. So he's raked in 17 points, um, which is obviously brilliant for, for where West Brom are in a league. Um, completely appreciate West Brom aren't playing that well, but they're playing against Newcastle this week, who have conceded the most shots of any team in the league this season. Newcastle don't have anything in midfield uh, whatsoever. So um, this is pretty much already a relegation six-pointer. And these are the type of games that West Brom know that they need to win. So when you're looking at a £5.5 million uh, midfielder who's got attack and returns in his last two game weeks, who's definitely going to start, definitely going to play the full 90 minutes um, and is owned by just 0.1% of teams, uh, then look no further than than Conor Gallagher. I'm more than happy to hear your guys' opinions on that. Yeah, I, I, I might have something I, I, on, the, on the point. Yeah, sorry, I'll go first. So we had Deckard over Reed last week, and yeah. now we've got Connor Gallagher yeah. at West Brom, who, yeah. first of all, playing Newcastle, who I think have just returned to training, so there's not even uh, 100% of that game's going ahead. So immediately you've got a chance of zero points. Uh, then... <laughs> Then you've got the fact that their most creative player, Pereira, is suspended. Um, so they're going to be even worse than they have been. And then you've got Newcastle game. So if it goes ahead, yeah, fair enough. Um, he could he potentially could return. I doubt it. And then his fixture after that, I don't know why, but you've got something for it. It's away at Manchester City. So, um, <laughs> so another, Greg just loves picking players at the Etihad. So, uh, yeah, it's a terrible pick. I, I would not back it at all. And Rafinha is 0.1 less expensive than, than Gallagher. So uh, if you've got a choice, go for Rafinha. I mean, I'll answer those questions. We're, we're doing a weekly podcast, Chris. So I don't, I don't know if you're, you're aware of it. So he's not going to be my pick away at Man City. In yeah, but he's got to be in your team, isn't he? Well, You've got to think about these fixtures. Yeah, no, no, I know that. But then he's also 5.5 million. So why would he not just go on my bench with tough games away at Man City, for instance? Um, and then your point about not playing against Newcastle. Newcastle returned to the training ground where there was a COVID outbreak. So they wouldn't return to the training ground if uh, if there was still a risk of COVID being there. So, uh, you know, it's it's also Tuesday as well. And the game's not until the weekend. So uh, the game will go ahead. The game will go ahead. I, I think yeah, this... And maybe... Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, I think this pick is, is just... Uh, it's a goldfish pick is what it is. Short memory. Can only remember the last two games. Go back more than those two games let's uh, let's give them a quick points rundown since uh, game week five <laughs> that, Greg? three two one two one that is a player that is that just belongs nowhere near any of our teams 
and is just truly befitting of our idiot status. Every player has, no, their, every player has their ups and downs, don't they, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> look, I think we have to credit Greg here for, for thinking outside the box, at least, to try and, try and get someone in that absolutely nobody is thinking about apart from Greg. Um, West Brom, I think, have looked better. Uh, and then they only got thumped by Palace because, they, you know, Pereira got sent off. Um, so it's not going to be a 5-1 defeat every week. Uh, and Newcastle, like you said, have missed a game. Um, you know, some I think a lot of them are caught COVID. Maybe it's not going to be the, the, the Newcastle team that we expect to see week in, week out. A bit of rust there, potentially. So, and, and yeah, like he says, a goal and an assist the last two game weeks. It could work out for Greg, I think. And yeah, 0.1% ownership. It's definitely going to shoot you up your table, at least. And you know, West, West Brom are absolutely dying for the point. So these are the type of games that they're really going to attack. Against some other teams, they might sit back and then hope to to nick a draw or, or get a goal on the counter-attack. But West Brom will be on the front foot in this game um, and they'll be attacking. So they know the game, the, the points are there to be to, to be had. So um gives your man. Mark my words. Come on, Johnny. Let's hear your pick. Right. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll leave that Gallagher behind us, that mess um, that, that we just discussed, and, and and yeah, move on to a proper pick, uh, which 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 is kind of Serge Aurier um, <laughs> from from Spurs. Uh, currently, is two percent uh, owned by by FPL managers uh, and priced at five point two million. So why Aurier? Aurier seems to be back in Mourinho's good books after three back to back clean sheets in the Prem playing the full 90 minutes uh, in each one of those. It looks like he secured that uh, right-back space with uh, Doherty become a bit more of a liability and, and, and kind of reminiscent of Aurier last season, giving away kind of penalties, I think, to Brighton and looking nothing like an £18 million player whatsoever. Uh, Aurier had uh, that guy Uber in his back pocket all, day, all game on Sunday. Uh, it looks like he's going to be a bonus points magnet. He made two tackles, one interception, six clearances... Uh, he even had a couple of dribbles and uh, he won his aerial battles as well. Um, I'm sure what you guys are going to say is that most FPL managers are looking at uh, Dyer and Reglion as, as a way of getting into that Spurs defence. You've got three clean sheets, as I mentioned. Uh, but I, I personally think Oreo is best value for money. is something a little bit different. And with an average of 6.4 points a game, I think you know what you're getting. Um, and yeah, Spurs aren't very attacking at the moment. But... I think it's going to start changing against some of these lower down leagues where they're not just going to push Spurs and Spurs are going to have to be on the front foot. So we're going to start seeing Aurier in more advanced positions, getting those sevens, uh, that one assist that he's got so far this season and being more reminiscent of the seven assists he got last season. So, yeah, over to you guys. Let's see uh, what you've got for me. For me, it's a perfect pick. I mean, for me, it's the award for uh, Captain Obvious. Um, You know, it is a good pick. It is a good pick, but, you know, plugging into the Spurs defence, it's not really that inspiring. Um, I do like how attacking he is. Um, and I like, um, you know, I like his returns and his bonus points in the last few weeks. But um, as you mentioned, if I was going into the Spurs defence, I'd be picking up Dyer and saving on the 0.7 million. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I, I like Aurier as a player and you're right, he has commanded that right back spot over Doherty which is surprising because you thought Matt Doherty was nailed on for that position at the beginning of the season but especially over Christmas with the busy Christmas period coming up I think that will be the time when Mourinho will rotate I think there's less chance of Eric Dyer being rotated he seems to be the the staple of that Tottenham defence at the moment playing centre-back and he's 0.2 cheaper 
um, than Aurier. And then also, if you want someone more attack-minded, I am more of a fan of uh, Reguillon as well um, at left-back. And I also think he's competing with Ben Davis, who is pretty atrocious. So I think he's going to get more game time than Aurier over the Christmas period, including potentially um, a start for Doherty against Palace in the next game week. So I think you might be on for a zero-pointer, Johnny. Um, but let's wait and see. Yeah. Greg, any thoughts? Uh, I agree with Chris in terms of of the rotation. Um, And I think kind of Spurs, yes, they've kept clean sheets in the past three games, but they've defended as such a unit. Mourinho's drilled them against the big teams to really kind of defend as that unit and and don't concede, which is fantastic. So when they play against teams like Palace, for instance, they'll be a bit more open, a bit more expansive, or they will be bombing forward. And it will leave spaces in behind them for the likes of Sahar, Eze, etc. So I just have a feeling that although Spurs will, will, will probably win comfortably, um, I can't see them keeping a clean sheet, uh, to be completely honest. And again, they're not going to be def- as a huge defensive solid unit like they have been against kind of City, um, against Chelsea and then against Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, al- although I think Spurs are sort of three one winners that you know there is there is a chance and that I do think they will concede. I think there's a big risk of a yellow card as well. You know, yeah. up against Zaha, um, we know that Aurier has tendencies to be quite rash with challenges in the past. I, I can just see him losing his temper at some point against Zaha, who's probably going to be turning him inside out. He's not been booked this season in five games. Fair. So, uh, I, I think I think it's a it's new about time then, isn't it? Yeah, it's due one. Yeah, it? <laughs> he's due one. Um, but I think it's a new player that we've seen this season. Like Mourinho has proved again that his man management skills is, uh, yeah, kind of head and shoulders above like most of the managers in the league. Um, I think the difference between Aurier and Dyer is that Aurier is going to get further up the pitch and get attacking returns. So he isn't just reliant on those clean sheets, um, which Dyer mm. is. Um, you know, he can head the ball fair enough and he can take pony free kicks that like he, he scored once for England, I think. Um, but yeah, I think uh, kind of taking up positions further forward, like Palace are always going to sit back against big teams like this and just look on, uh, look for the counter. Um, and, it, and it's going to start, yeah, pushing Spurs a little bit forward. And I, I think it's, is it Van Arnholt out on the, uh, out on the left for Palace? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's definitely been a bit shaky the last few weeks and um, he definitely likes to bomb forward. So maybe space in behind. Uh, so yeah, I think um, yeah, it's a fair points from you guys. And I am worried, petrified, in fact, of of Zaha turning up. Uh, and if Spurs get a man sent off, then maybe Palace will turn up and score five goals. Yeah. So I mean, if I was going to sum it up like I did last week, I'd say if you want the Samba magic and goals and assists, you go for Rafinha. If you want the rotation magnet, you go for Serge Aurier. If you want a seventy-minute cameo, you go for Jared Bowen. And if you want the player who's most likely to get coronavirus, go for Conor Gallagher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brilliant. So that concludes this week's episode of the FPL Idiots. Some interesting choices in there and some heated debate between the managers. If you want to keep track of how our picks are doing or simply want to abuse the picks we've selected, then please follow us on Twitter at the FPL Idiots. If you like our podcast, then please share between your friends and family. Um, but until then, we'll see you next week.